and here we go, Nordeast Podcast. Guys, Purple Pride Podcast has been off for a few weeks because it got hit hard like the NFL with the COVID. Yeah, I uh, I got destroyed by COVID and thankfully I'm on the mend and we're ready to fucking record. We're back. We're back and we're here to give you guys the Purple, we'll call it the Purple Pride Podcast because the playoffs are still within sight. Now guys, we've missed a few weeks, um, you know. Last you guys checked in, we were just starting our run through the NFC North. It was pre-losing to the disastrously bad Cowboys and pre-getting our hope back by nearly defeating uh, an average Carolina Panthers team. Yeah. But the Vikings are back. They're 5-6, and six, and they have a chance to go into the playoff mix with a win this week and a loss by the reeling Arizona Cardinals. So by weeks and by the end of the weekend, the Vikings could be in the seventh spot in the playoffs. Now, the chances are still long at this point. They need to win probably at least five of six to get into the playoffs. Um, four gives them a chance. Five probably gives them a really good chance. Six gets them in for sure. Um, so it's going to be an interesting So question for you. So we do own the tiebreaker over the Cardinals currently. I believe currently we okay. own it. Cardinals with a tough game this week, too, against the Rams. We'll get to that later. Yeah, at Rams. So it could be a week where we have a home game against Jacksonville. Um, but remember, we had a game a couple weeks ago against the Cowboys that we thought was an easy game, and it ended up not being like that. So, right. Um, we'll dive into all of that stuff. But first, go back, check out our first episode this week uh Benorti's podcast. Our screencast was great. We started our Die Hard rewatch. I think it was called... Die Hard Rewatch with a Vengeance. Um, Die Hard 2 coming up this week if you want to watch along with us. Let me tell you, Die Hard 2, not as good as Die Hard 1. Um, also, we had a sports cast and it was so freaking good, but Jim had such pedestrian, um, old-timey uh, technology running his internet that his internet cut out, and at the end of the episode, all of his parts were deleted. So it would have just been him talking without us hearing him and Barter and I talking. So it was the social, it's the social distance problem right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So COVID is getting the podcast as well. So guys, we are going to dive into the Purple Pride podcast. And like always, we're starting on first down, a Vikings win coming from behind 28-27 over the Carolina Panthers. Now, before we even dive into this game, I have to say it felt really good to see our guy, Teddy Bridgewater, back on the field in Minnesota. And it made me sad that there weren't fans there because I would have loved to have heard the ovation that he would have gotten because everybody loves Teddy. Yeah. Hey, Teddy. Hey, Teddy. (laughs) I think for this game, we should dive into quarter by quarter. Let's mix it up a little. Okay. We'll still get to that. Okay. Quarter by quarter. Um, so Panthers without Christian McCaffrey again. That's obviously a big loss for them. Kind of running back by committee for the Panthers right now. Um, first quarter, Vikings get off to a pretty decently strong start. We lead 7-0 after one, after a 12-yard touchdown pass to who other than Justin Jefferson. No Adam Thielen. Jefferson had to step up in this game, as well as some, uh, relatively small pieces that we've seen through 11 games in terms of Chad Beebe, um, BC Johnson, a couple of those guys that we'll get to in a bit. Yeah, so... Um, this touchdown looked so easy. It was a clinic of slot receiver route running in the red zone. And what made me feel good is that Thielen, who's obviously been incredible, um, Thielen has really taken over as arguably the best red zone wide receiver in football. Mm -hmm. Um, this year he's been completely dominant. 
He's such a crisp route runner. He's so good at high-pointing the ball. He's so great on contested catches. He's a really complete receiver, and um, it really shows in the red zone with him. So without him, it was looking like it could be trouble, but Jefferson, um, I mean, really dominated this game in the red zone as well. How easy did that one look? It was just pitching catch. Yeah, I want that route more often in the offense. I think I want Jefferson in the slot more in the offense. I want Jefferson in the fucking backfield, in yeah. the slot, outside, Every, wherever everywhere. we can find that guy. Just get him the freaking ball. I think sometimes the problem with, with football at every level is that when you have a really good receiver, you put them on one side of the field, like the DeAndre Hopkins strategy, where they just sit on the same side of the field all the time. And I, I really don't like that because it makes it really easy to game plan against that team. I like when guys are absolutely everywhere in the offense and so you saw a little more of that. I think it was probably out of necessity. Um, but you Dude, saw with, more a, of with that. a cool with a cool Carolina Panthers defense too, running the three three five, which we which most teams will never see during the season yeah. unless you're playing Carolina. So it's a little bit different challenge there. Um, but I'd say Kirk figured it out pretty nicely. So we're moving on to the second quarter. Pretty slow, methodical back and forth second quarter. Not a lot of action until Robbie Anderson finds a seam on a forty one yard basically dig route. Um, with horrendous, uh, was it a Denebo in coverage? Yeah. Uh, yes. That's what happened. It was just completely. Oh, Denebo drop. It's, it was a too cute coverage. Oh, Denebo drops back and is responsible for sitting on the slot receiver, which happens to be one of the fastest receivers in the NFL. <laughs> uh, Wow, I don't even know what the fuck Mike Zimmer was thinking on this call, but this is the kind of thing that, like, if your blitz gets home or you make a big play out of this, or you confuse a quarterback, it looks like a genius call. Or they're banking on, on Robbie Anderson sitting on a five-yard out or a five-yard comeback route where Odenabo has the sideline, or he has him on a little five-yard dig. And when you guess wrong, it looks like this. Yeah. Which was like a jog to the end zone. So it's 7-7. Seven, seven. Vikings get the ball back with not a lot of time. Um, Cousins drives him down the field, and Dan Bailey, who's been pretty good this year, on a 53-yard field goal before the half, Vikings go up 10-7. And wasn't this like the, you know, the knock on Cousins and the offense and the offensive line and the coaches and everyone has been the two-minute offense doesn't look good. Right. And even though Cousins, from start to finish with his time here in Minnesota, has been an absolute killer in the fourth quarter, he hasn't been a killer in the two-minute offense. Yeah, so... And so this was another version of the two-minute offense looking like we were shooting ourselves in the foot over and over and over, and we eventually made it really hard on ourselves and hit a long field goal to go up 10-7. So Vikings up 10-7 at half. Carolina Panthers have nothing going from on offense. Um, I was pretty impressed with them defensively, though. A big, physical, strong group tackled well. Um, yeah, defense looked good. We knew it was going to be a battle, but wasn't really afraid of the Carolina Panthers' offense. Vikings get the ball at half, and that's where the game changes. Um, so at the beginning of the half, um, pretty much right away, Jeremy Chin on like the third play of the half, uh, a sack of Cousins, yep. right? Uh, pressure right up the gut. Cousins stripped, ball drops to the ground. Jeremy Chin scoops it up, runs it in for a touchdown. Um, that's not a great start. Uh, then they kick it off. And the very next play, we hand it off to Delvin Cook, who is in kind of a, a big scrum, falls down and loses the ball. Jeremy Chin picks it up again and runs it in for a second touchdown on back-to-back. -to -back Dude, this is fucking plays. madness. It is. The, 
the the outcome of the game changes the fact that Jeremy Chin scored two <laughs> defensive touchdowns on, on back to back plays on fumbles and back to back plays. He's I a mean, rookie. this is fucking madness. This is I've never seen anything like this in my life. I don't. I think they said that someone had done it in like the forties or something, but like this is like doesn't happen in the and NFL. didn't get any press. No, madness. So Vikings find themselves in a hole down twenty one ten after three. A stingy Carolina Panthers defense um, kind of takes over the game here. Things are not looking good. Vikings fans, including ourselves, are pretty crabby and upset. We go into the fourth quarter. Vikings drive the ball down, have to settle for a Dan Bailey field goal. It's 21-13. Panthers get the ball back, drive right back down, 24-13. Things are not looking well. Vikings get the ball back uh, with about seven minutes to go, down 24-13. Uh, Cousins takes him on a nice drive here, and Justin Jefferson shows his his abilities again inside the red zone on a 10-yard route. That's one of the most ridiculous routes you'll see all season long. And and the other thing that I think is just crazy, and guys, I I am not one to uh, lie about things. I did not want Jefferson in this draft. Everyone I knew, our friend Brad, was driving the Justin Jefferson bandwagon. Yep. And I was not feeling it because my, it's he's, not he's it, built like an 11th grade football player. I can't believe how strong and fast and athletic he is because he doesn't really have any muscles. No. He just has long, skinny limbs, and somehow he showed real power. He's such a, a finesse route runner. He's got, like, breakaway speed somehow. I do not understand it. He looked so powerful on this play, fighting the last few yards into the end zone. Um and remember, the knock on Jefferson was was that LSU only used him in the slot, right? But what we're seeing translate is all of his work from the slot leads to elite route running abilities on the outside or the inside. So him being on the outside on that on that whip route there was fucking insanity. Did you see the video this week of the Vikings when the Eagles took Rieger? No. Oh yeah, when they're celebrating in the yeah, room. They're yeah, they're celebrating in the in the room. They they get Rieger and then they're just like Justin Jefferson. Like they just knew that they got him and I mean they were so right. Dude, his his route running though, I I've always admired Stefan Diggs's route running and I think Jefferson's route running is is almost there at this point. He has inside leverage on this whip route. Um, drives the cornerback. He feels the cornerback start to close in on what the cornerback assumes is the slant route. Plants his foot. Um, Breaks it back on the whip route. Um, Shaq tries to make a nice tackle on him. Breaks the tackle. Gets in the end zone. Vikings down at this point, 24-21. Um, After getting a two-point conversion with B.C. Yep, Johnson. Yep, that's right. B.C. Johnson on the two-point conversion. Panthers still get the ball back. Uh, clock management all of a sudden a fucking problem. So Panthers do some dumb shit. Uh, end up on a long drive. Get all the way down into the red zone. Can basically kill the clock here on third down. This is crazy to me. Um, so, wait. This is after the muff punt, right? Yes. So we muff a punt, which should have ended the game. They're inside the red zone. We told you Chad BB was going to come up a lot more later. <laughs> we muff a punt to pretty much end the game. I believe we had two Time out, time out. Guys, I'm sorry, guys. I'm still, I'm still fucking COVID brain. Let me rewind this for a second. The Panthers have the ball, can continue to drain out the clock, they throw back-to-back passes. Yeah. They throw back-to-back passes to, to stop the clock. Vikings will be getting the ball back. He booms it down to Chad Beebe at about the 13-yard line. And Chad Beebe, okay, we're down three, muffs the fucking punt. Panthers recover. 
We're still in horrible fucking shape here. With, with I think we had two timeouts is all, and we can't really stop the clock. And they we had one timeout and the two minute warning. They run the ball. We call timeout. Then they threw a pass. Yep. And then they threw another pass on third down to an all alone uh, DJ DJ Moore. <laughs> yeah, all he was alone. by himself, and he missed yep. him. And then they have to kick a field goal to go up twenty seven to twenty one, making it so the Vikings will get the ball back and with under two minutes. No timeouts and need to score a touchdown. Yeah, and at, and at this point, so when when BB muffs the punt, uh, the Panthers have a ninety six point eight chance at winning. Um, the clock management uh, woes plus the field goal put the Panthers still at a seventy nine percent chance to win the ball game. Vikings down six, too much time for Kirk. So. We had all kind of talked about how when Mahomes got the ball at the end of the game a couple weeks ago against the the Raiders in need of a touchdown, it was like the easiest drive I've ever seen in a football game. It was just like he just dropped back and was like, all right, I need four plays to just go the whole length of the field and score a touchdown. And he ends up finding a wide open Travis Kelsey. And we were like, why does it always look so difficult for the well, Vikings? We've been, we've been in this spot a few times this season where, we've, where Kirk has got the ball under two minutes, Vikings need the drive, and it's just been fucking horrendous so we're all thinking okay is this a four and out is this a strip sack is this an int what's coming up too much time for kirk kirk absolutely chops them up with a couple short passes one good one to jefferson a nice one to bb a long pass to, to, to rudy. rudy and then uh, two plays later uh, a great ball in the back of the end zone to bb who redeems himself um they they did we miss did we they blocked the extra point but they were offsides yes and then we got a closer look at it. We made it. The Vikings uh, win so, the game. Yep. Nope. Vikings up 28-27. Oh. Oh. This ain't over, baby. <laughs> Panthers crazy get the game. fucking ball back <laughs> with about 46 seconds on the clock. At about their own 15. Teddy Teddy <laughs> leads them down on a pretty fucking epic drive here. Uh, gives Slay a chance at a 53-yard yeah, field goal. And he's been pretty good this year. Kid's got a fucking massive leg. And he absolutely booms it and absolutely fucking shanks it. Vikings come out on top, 28-27. This was like someone pushed the, the B-dubs button yeah. on the field goal because he missed this thing by about 30 yards. Yeah, um, yeah. Vikings win. And a uh, couple notes. Cook didn't have a great game. He got banged up a little bit on his fumble because every time he fumbles, he's banged up. Um, but he was announced as the NFC Offensive Player of the Month. Two 200-yard games. He's second in the NFL in rushing. I believe he's still first in the NFL in rushing touchdowns or second maybe now. And then our guy, Kirk Cousins, was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. And that capped off an epic Kirk Vember where he had 12 touchdowns to one interception. And um, his his uh, fourth quarter quarterback rating is now by far the best in the league. Yeah. Even over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Wow. Kirk is balling out right now. So, we're moving to second down. That's some news for this week. Um, first up in this game, we have no Irv Smith again for like the third or fourth straight game. That sucks. Um, I think where they're really missing Irv is in the run game. It sounds like Irv is a really good run blocker, and we have not ran the ball as well um, the last couple weeks. Um, we also are missing DJ Wanham, the really good rookie. And um, I think we can survive without him, but it would be nice to keep getting him more experience. Um, Ezra Cleveland comes back into the mix at guard, which will be great uh, to have him back. And Adam Thielen back after um, battling COVID for a week. 
Yeah, so injury report at this point in the season looking pretty good for our opponent, the Jags, this week. They have five players out. Sidney Jones, probably the most notable in that group, out with an Achilles injury. Uh, Chris Conley, questionable. Uh, Juwan Taylor, the starting uh, tackle, questionable. A couple linebackers out, so Jags a little bit beat up. Also, Jaguars announcing, even with a healthy Gardner Minshew, the starting quarterback for the week will be Mike Glennon. Vikings will be favored in this game by 10 points. Jaguars are, are uh, trying to get the first pick, or at least second pick in the draft. There's no way the Jags should win this, but we'll talk about that later. A couple other pieces of news. Rumors have it that Gary Kubiak is um, suddenly a candidate for a head coaching job. Why? Jesus fucking Christ. Why? Are we really going to do this again? That's the rumor. Gary Kubiak is a candidate <laughs> for head coaching job. Guy has been head coach multiple times. I think this would be such a well, backwards dude, we're, move. Well, dude, we've talked about a million times on this podcast is where the future of the NFL is headed. And it ain't fucking headed in Gary Kubiak's direction. No. Um, we all say if Zimmer is gone, what do we want? A young, offensive-minded coach who's a gate. He, it's, it's some of these young coaches too. Like we saw Matt Rule, right? It's gonna take a little bit of time for these guys to get adjusted. These first-year coaches, Lafleur and fucking Green Bay. How's that working out? Fucking great. Looks you great. Wa- you want these young McVay, Shanahan, yep. um, Lafleur. Um, next ones up are probably uh, uh, Smith. Um, can't think of his first name. Um, Arthur Smith, the O coordinator for Tennessee. Uh, even this, Eric Bieniemy, the yeah. OC for is it Raheem Morris in Atlanta too? Yeah, I think he's more of a defensive guy. Yeah, though. but he's still he's still a young-minded yeah. coach, and and that's kind of where it's headed. So Kubiak train, let's pump the brakes on that. All right, other one. Cousins this week appeared on Barstool Sports. Is pardon my take. Yeah, I listened. He was fucking great with uh, Big Cat and PMT or uh, PFT. And I I know maybe a lot of you guys um, aren't big fans of Barstool, and I myself am not really a Barstool guy. I guess a stoolie. But I do like part of my take. I do think that those two guys have one of the better podcasts out right now if you're a sports fan. And Kirk Cousins has been the butt of a lot of their jokes. Yeah. Like a lot of their jokes. Like they rip him every week. Um, PFT is actually a Washington football team fan for his whole life and rips Cousins all the time. Big Cat is a Bears fan and rips Cousins all the time. So to me, this was a ballsy and brave move. For cousins to go into the Lions then and answer all of their questions, they asked a lot of silly things. They asked some serious things. They, I thought cousins came across really cool in this. Yeah, it's I mean, about thirty minute interview. Definitely check that out. It's definitely worth a listen. But if we saw anything from the the spot or the Spotify Wrapped, it's that the crossover isn't a lot of Barstool no. and Nordy's podcast. No. It's fucking Joe Rogan and Nordy's podcast. Which is shocking. It's Joe Rogan and Nordy's podcast. Our listeners, I guess, <laughs> love Joe Rogan, which is just <laughs> wild to me. All right. You got elk meat and... Uh, yep. Elk meat and aliens yep. and... DMT and... Yep. DMT. Yeah. All right. That's there the crossover. Go. There we go. Um, all right, guys. Uh, real quickly, playoff odds... Vikings playoff odds are still under 30%. If we were to win the next three games, though, our playoff odds would jump to almost 80%. So that would be a win this week against the Jaguars at home, a win next week at Tampa Bay against Tampa Bay, Tom Brady and the Bucks, who have struggled as of late but are going to be coming off of their bye week mm-hmm. with an extra week to prepare for us, which makes it pretty difficult. And then uh, coming home, I believe, and playing against the Bears? The Bears. 
Um, so you'd have to win those three games. Bears or Saints? Um, Bears, and then it's at Saints, and then um, uh, against the Lions in the last week. So, yeah, um, if we win the next three games, we go from about 30% to about 80%. It's really critical that we win this week and get that thing moving. All right, so third down today, we're going to try something new. We are going to do our all-time favorite Vikings by position groups. Okay. okay? So do you want to start on offense or on defense? Let's go offense. Offense, okay. Um, also, to note, my picks aren't going to be necessarily who's the best at that position, but mm-hmm. who is my favorite yep. at that position. Who's your favorite? Okay. Mine's going to be, like, who... Or are we kind of putting together a fantasy roster here? I'm kind of putting together like like a combination of like who is the most important to us that I actually like. Okay, I already know it, Barter. If you're listening right now, I know you're like Fran Tarkington. I'm not fucking picking Fran Tarkington. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I mean, that's, what, that's the shit that Barter grew up on. <laughs> that's Barter's era. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. We're starting with quarterback, the most important position. Who is your all-time Vikings quarterback? Okay, I'm going in their prime. I'm going Dante. I'm, also, I'm a Dante era guy, so I'm fucking going Dante. I'm going Dante too. Um, I actually believe that Dante is probably the most talented Vikings quarterback ever. Um, and I would put the other guys in that group as I, I mean, I guess I'd say Tarkington because he's a Hall of Famer. Right. But I'd also say Favre. Pro- well, he had only one good year of Favre, so it's a little hard for me. I mean, he's a great, but he was never that great here other than the one year. The other guy um, Cunningham. is probably Cousins, to be honest with you. Yeah. We rip Cousins a lot, but like he's a, he's a good quarterback. He is. Um, so we both go Dante Culpepper as our quarterback. All right, running back. I think this one's a little harder. Who do you go with as your all-time Vikings running Peterson. back? Peterson. It it's to not be, a fucking question. It has to be Peterson. He's one of the greats ever. Um, I actually think that Cook... Might be more talented, but Peterson... Cook is a better... This is the debate in Minnesota right now. Cook is a better running back because he pass blocks. He's great out of the fucking backfield at catching passes. He's also a great fucking running back. But in terms of a ball-carrying runner, it's Adrian Peterson all day because he's one of the greatest of all time running the football. I'm just telling you that Adrian Peterson, in his prime... I was at the game where he broke the single-game record. We were at the game, I believe, together when he went over 2,000 yards, sealing up a playoff spot for us against the Packers. Yep. He ran all over them. Prime Adrian Peterson is one of the great dominant players in the history yep. of the NFL. Agreed. We both go Peterson. All right, here's a hard one for you. Fullback. Leroy Horde. What the fuck? Oh, <laughs> fuck. Yep. I'm going to go Leroy Hart. <laughs> I am also going Leroy Hart. <laughs> Say it. You need three yards. You need two yards. He'll, he'll give, give you three. three. You need five yards. He'll, he'll give, give you three. three. <laughs> Leroy Horde also in contention of that. Uh, Klein Saucer tight end fullback. He did start up playing. Klein Saucer and um, CJ Ham. Yeah, CJ Ham. I'm gonna go with Leroy Horde. Yeah, Leroy. Hort I'm not all even sure. Day. To be honest with you, I'm not even sure that Leroy Horde is as good as either of those guys. Yep. But I'm still going with it. Okay. Okay. Next up, wide receiver. Randy Moss. It's got to be. It's got to be. (laughs) (laughs) It's Randy Moss. It's Randy Moss by so much that Chris Carter's not even in the in the debate. Yeah, and Chris Carter's a fucking goat. He's a Hall of Famer. It's not a debate. Chris Carter's like an all-time great guy, and he's not even close. Randy Moss is not only um, one of the best Vikings ever. He's one of the best players in NFL history. Dude, the freak. 
I think that if there is an all-time NFL team, one guy at every position, Randy Moss is one of the two receivers. Yeah. Jerry Rice and Randy Moss, and I don't even think there's a number three that's close to those guys. Yeah, I'll say it. Jerry Rice is fucking Wayne Gretzky, okay? Different era of football. The freak is a is is the fucking man. Not a question. Here's my thing with with uh, Rice, which is crazy though, is that he still was good when he was like 42. Yeah, he's playing like <laughs> for the Seahawks. He just like could always get open. Yeah. Um. All right. Next up, tight end. Yeah. All right. I think I'm going Andrew Crumpler. Andrew Crumpler. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Algie Crumpler? <laughs> I thought it was Andrew Crump- Crumpler. I thought it was Algie Crumpler. <laughs> <laughs> you could go with Andrew Glover. Oh, okay. Maybe I had that confused. I think it was Andrew Glover and Algie Crumpler. <laughs> I don't yep, think you're right. I don't you're know right. if Algie Crumpler was even a starter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with Kyle Rudolph. I know that sounds boring, but Kyle Rudolph is is probably the best at a position that we've never really been very good at. I mean, the other guys who I think are up for it are like Vasante Shanko. Yeah. And like, um, <laughs> I think that's it. I, I, I don't even know. Oh, it's probably else. Rudy. It's probably Rudy. I think he's the best guy that's played there. Um, his problem is he's so not flashy that like he's, we take him for granted, but he's been kind of a touchdown machine for us. All right. Here's a tough one though. Offensive line, your favorite offensive line. Yeah, man. So many good fucking players, but for me personally, just because it's more my era, Steve Hutchinson. Damn, dude. I really thought we were going to have different answers. I'm also going with Steve Hutchinson. Randall McDaniel also obviously in the conversation. Randall McDaniel is probably as good of a player as Steve Hutchinson, who's going to be a for sure Hall of Famer if he isn't already. I think he already made it. He is. Um, So, I mean, uh, the other thing with Steve Hutchinson, he was the poison pill guy. I still remember the deal. Seven years, $49 million. $7 million a year. Highest paid offensive lineman in the history of the NFL. Poison pill, which somehow made it so if you if they signed him, the Seahawks like got him, and they were going to have to pay him even more money or something. And then if you remember, they poison pilled the Vikings back with Nate Burleson. That's right. That's fine. Yep. We, we won that one. Yeah. Um, so Steve Hutchinson is definitely the pick for me. Um, I mean, I don't even know who else you would pick. You could pick our least favorite Viking of all time, Matt Burke. Yep. Who we hate Matt Burke. Yep. We fucking hate Um, Matt Burke. Fuck you. Um, we could pick Phil Lodeholt, who was just okay. We could pick Bryant McKinney, who we drafted after missing our pick two times. Um, loved strip clubs. Um, has a podcast now. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So let's move on to... Do you want to go start with the D-backs or D-line? Let's go D-line. It's okay. fucking John Randall. D-line, you're going John Randall. I'm going John Randall. Okay, I'm not going John Randall. Here's okay. our first one. We've picked every guy the same okay. the whole time. And I'm going to go different here. I am going to go with the most underrated player in the history of the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think he's as good as John Randall, um, but he also doesn't play the same position as John Randall. I'm going to go with... Um, Kevin Williams. Yeah. Okay. Kevin Williams, who I think is criminally underrated in the history of the NFL. To me, he's an all-decade player for the 2000s. He was an all-pro numerous times. I think he's a Hall of Famer, but his problem was he was such a quiet guy that he just never really got the attention that he deserved. Um, To me, Kevin Williams is over Jared Allen, is over Pat Williams, the Williams wall 
was my favorite period of Vikings football, I think. Yep. And so Kevin Williams... When you had fucking Jared Allen and both of the Williams, and oh then my Ray God. Edwards. And Ray Edwards was yep. good, too. He was. So yeah, I'm going Kevin Williams. You're going with um, John Randall, yep. the Hall of Famer. All right, linebacker. I found this one really difficult. Okay? Linebacker, to me, is really difficult. Um, I was trying to go through it. Um, I was thinking back to the days of Ed McDaniel and Dwayne Rudd. I was thinking back to the Henderson brothers. Didn't yep. we have both yep. EJ and Aaron Henderson yep. played for us? EJ um, was fucking solid. He was really good. But I'm going to go with um, one of the great Vikings of all time, current superstar, yeah. Eric it's Kendricks. Eric. That's, that was mine too. You got to go Eric Kendricks. I think Eric Kendricks is like one of the great linebackers of this time. And again, he's a quiet guy, so I don't think he gets the hype he deserves. He should be an all-pro every year right now. He is an absolute game-changing player who is one of the great coverage linebackers of all time. Yep. By the way, I want to go corner and safety. Okay, okay, okay. Corner and safety. This is going to be a little harder. Okay, I'll start with okay. my corner. Okay. Got to go Antoine Winfield. Okay. I'm going to have to go Antoine Winfield, too. Um, I don't think that corner has ever been a great strength for the team. Um, there's a lot of bad corners that have played for us. Uh, Winfield is definitely like a hybrid safety corner slot guy, but he was so fun to watch. I wish we had his son. And if you remember, um, we signed two guys as free agents on the same day from the same team. We signed Antoine Winfield and Pat Williams, both yep, in free right. agency, both from Buffalo. Yep. They've had both of those guys. So great time to be a Vikings fan. All right. At safety. Hey, it's a no doubter for me. It's got to be Darren Sharper. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, guys. I'm going with one of my all-time favorite Vikings, Robert Griffith, at safety. Robert Griffith? The hammer. I love Robert Griffith. The fucking hammer. Robert Griffith is one of my favorite Vikings of all time, too, but I'm going to go with future Hall of Famer Harrison Smith, who is also one of the great Vikings to ever play the game. And Robert Griffith, I think I liked him more than I like Harry, but 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 I don't know, man. Harry's just dude. Harry Harry's like Troy Polamalu. Yeah, he's, he's just all over the fucking. He's place. everywhere. He's, Robert Griffith was good back in the day when you could still smoke receivers over the middle of the field. Yeah, that was Robert Griffith territory. Where like CTE and concussions weren't a thing. You could still go straight helmet to helmet. Okay, do you want to do a bonus round um, special team? Uh, I was already planning on it. Okay, okay. Do you want to do uh, kick returner? Okay, yeah. I'm going, I'm going I'm going David Palmer. Oh fuck, dude. <laughs> David Palmer over Cordero Patterson. All right, I'm with you. Oh how hard the mouth. Dude, Percy's definitely in the cut, but we were big David Palmer guys. David so I'm going Palmer David was Palmer. my guy. Do you remember the game where there was the back to back to back kickoff yep. returns with the Vikings and the Ravens? Yep. I don't know if we had two or one, but there was three in a row. Yep. Um and then finally, um uh do you want to do kicker yeah. or punter? Yeah, kicker. We'll do kicker first. I'm going Ryan Longwell. <sighs> I'm going Gary Anderson. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going Gary Controversial. Anderson. Controversial. And then punter. Well, we're going to do this on three because we both know it. <laughs> Ready? One, yeah. two, three. Mitch, Mitch Berger. <laughs> Mitch Berger with the snicker bar yep. in his shoe yep. trying to get that snicker dollar. Didn't, yep. didn't get it. Nope. Get, but who's your least favorite punter? Chris Cluey, obviously. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Hate Cluey. All right, finally, favorite coach of all time. Favorite Vikings coach mm. ever. Dennis Green. I'm going Mike Zimmer. Okay. 
I think Mike Zimmer is probably a better I just liked the Dennis Green era better. Oh, the Dennis Green era was fun. Least favorite coach, probably, uh, gosh, is it, is it Tice or is it, uh, is it, what's his name? The guy everyone hated. Uh, Childress? Fire Childress. I think I hated Tice more. Because we were more incompetent. I hate saying this because he's such a nice guy, but Leslie Frazier. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Woo. Woo. All right. Let's go. We're going to guess the Lions here on fourth down. Let's go speed round through this thing. Who do we have in week 13's game? Yeah, so this past week, COVID's starting to fuck everything up, right? So we got a Wednesday afternoon game. That was wild. We have some big schedule changes for this week as well. There was no Thursday night game this week. We will start with the noon games. We have the 9-2 Saints traveling to the 4-7 hotter Atlanta Falcons. Saints only favored by three, still with Taysom Hill at quarterback. One of my upset pick of the week. Off the fucking bat, it's the Falcons at home beating the Saints. <sighs> Taysom Man. hasn't been challenged yet. That's the Taysom problem. Taysom played some really fucking bad teams. Raheem Morris has done great. They're 4-2 in their last six. Um, they absolutely torched the Saints in New Orleans last year. I think I'm going to go with this as well. I think I like the Falcons in an upset. Moving on to the NFC North. We're, we have the 4-7 and seven Detroit Lions traveling to the 5-6 and six Chicago Bears. Bears favored at home by three points. Man, do you think there's a bounce from... Um, do we know who's playing quarterback this week for the Bears? Um, do we know who's playing quarterback this week for the Lions? I mean, I have no idea about this game. I think I'm going to go with the Bears because I think that they're better. Um, the Bears, like for stretches, can play good football, and they have a tough defense. The Lions are just an absolute shit show. Yep. So I'm going to go with the Bears. Yeah, I'll take the Bears at home as well. Moving on, a good battle at noon here. It's the 8-3 and three Cleveland Browns traveling to the 8-3 and three Tennessee Titans. Titans favored on the road by 5.5. I'm hammering the Titans at home. So this is a battle of the top two teams in the NFL, I believe, in play-action passing. Um, I... I think I like the Titans uh, in this game. Um, I actually think that the that the um, Browns are probably a better team, but Baker sucks so bad yeah. that I think I'm going to go with the Titans here. Moving on. It's, I like that game. It's the lowly Joe Burles Bengals traveling to the 7-4 hot Miami Dolphins. Dolphins favored at 11. Take the bang- I'm taking the Dolphins with the line here. I just think that defense is going to absolutely destroy Finley. Um, I like the the Dolphins. By 11? Uh, the 11 is really scary to me. I would not put my money on this, but I think I'm going to I think I would go it still with the, them over 11, yeah. Next, we are traveling to New York. It's the 6 and 5 Oakland Raiders stumbling traveling to the own 11 New York Jets. Vegas favored on the road by 8 and a half. Dude, they're only, what, five games away from trying to be 0-16? I, I picked the Jets a few weeks ago, if you guys remember. I'm never doing that again. I'm going with the Raiders. The Raiders need this game. The Jets don't want this game. The Raiders win this. They get it done by about Raiders 17. get it done. Moving on. Next, we have the 7-4 and Indianapolis Colts traveling to the 4-7 and Houston Texans. Indy favored on the road by three. I'm taking Indy. Um, I would take the Texans if, if they didn't just lose um, two of their best players. Um, Bradley Roby and um, Will Fuller both tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs, most likely given to them by strength coach Brian Cushing, mm, who nice. multiple times got busted for steroids. Hell yeah. Um, I think this kills their team. They have very little talent. Um, I, I'm going to go with the Colts. 
Colts, Colts have had their number. I think they've won like six in a row against them. All right, let's get it started with our 3 o'clock games. Pretty decent slate here. We're starting at the 305 game. It's the 7 and 4 LA Rams traveling to the 6 and 5 Arizona Cardinals. Rams favored on the road by three. <sighs> I hate to say it, but I'm taking the Cardinals at home in this one. Rams are favored by three? Yep. I like the Rams. The Rams have to get this win. The Rams are a better team, and I would probably pick the Cardinals, but I do not trust the shoulder of Kyler Murray, who is obviously injured. He didn't run last week at all. He hasn't looked good throwing the ball since he hurt his shoulder. Um, I think that this is the beginning of the end for the Cardinals. And it's a shame because they are a fun, exciting team, and Kyler Murray is, besides like Mahomes and maybe Watson, is probably the guy, and maybe Herbert, is probably the guy I'd want the most right now of any quarterback. Like, I really like him, but he's he's not the same player right now. So um, I'm going to go with the Rams, and this helps the Vikings if we win. Yep, yep. so we're voting big-time Rams on that one. Next up, we have a battle here. It's the 4-7 and seven NFC East leading New York Giants traveling to the 8-3 and three Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks favored at home by 11. Hmm. I do not hmm. like the 11. Don't, I don't believe, like the 11. I believe in Wayne Gallman, uh, and I think that they can run the ball in the Seahawks. The Seahawks will win this game in a close game because that's what they always do, um, but they will not cover the spread. I like the Giants here. Dude, one of the teams that I fucking hate so much, moving on for our next 325 games, the Philadelphia Eagles. I fucking hate watching this team play. They're a shit show. Traveling to Green Bay to take on the 8-3 and three Packers. Packers favored at home by 8.5. Packers get it done. Eagles always play the Packers tight. I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm, Packers don't cover 8.5 in this game, but Packers do get the win. Packers win this game by like 6 or 7 points. Like for sure. They do not get to the 8.5, um, but they win the game. I hate the Eagles and I hate the Packers. I will not be tuning into the last 325 game. Besides on red zone, it's the 5-6 and six New England Patriots traveling to the 3-8 and eight LA Chargers. Uh, this game is a push right now. I like the Patriots. Their coach is so much better. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the Patriots. It's like, it's like one of the two best coaches versus like one of the two worst coaches. And the Patriots are going to run the ball all over the worst run defense in the league. I like the Patriots. Moving on, it's our Sunday night football game of the week. It's the four and seven Denver Broncos traveling to the ten and one Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City favored at home Chiefs, I by the thirteen Chiefs. and a half. Let's take the Chiefs. I took the Chiefs before you said the number because I don't care what the number is. I'm taking the Chiefs. This Broncos team has so little in the way of fireworks, which is a shame because they had Philip Lindsay, they drafted uh, Royce Freeman, they brought in Melvin Gordon, they drafted Noah Fant. They drafted Drew Locke. They drafted Cortland Sutton. They drafted Jerry Judy. They drafted KJ Hamler. And their offense yeah. still sucks. Yeah, they still suck. All right, here we go. It's time for bum, 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 Monday afternoon football. Okay. It's the 4-7 and seven Washington football team traveling to the 11-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Steelers favored at home by 7. I fucking... Love this Washington team. I'm voting for them. I'm voting for Alex Smith. It's a tough matchup in a tight division race. Luckily for them, uh, the Giants also have a tough game this week, but I'm really hoping that Washington can pull this off, which they won't. I'll take the Steelers in an ugly football game at home. You're taking the Steelers to cover the 8.5 or whatever it was? It's, it's Steelers by 7. I'll take the Steelers by probably 2 win by 7. Okay, um, I am going to pick... 
My upset pick of the week. Wow. I'm picking the Washington football team, who I do now like, now that they got rid of the racism. I am now <laughs> a fan of Washington. Too. I love Alex Smith. I love Antonio Gibson. I love Terry McLaren. I like Ron Rivera. I like the city of Washington, D.C., and I am taking them to win this game. Now, one, the Steelers are really good. They're 11-0, but the Steelers have played absolutely no one this year. Two, the Steelers are coming off of no rest. They have a game on Wednesday. They're going to have very little rest time. The, the Washington football team played on Thanksgiving, so they have 10 days of rest. They are going to be so much more prepared and so much better rested. Um, you lose the, the, big, the big linebacker for the, the um, Steelers. Can't think of his name right now. Um, but he's out for the year. Dupree. Dupree is out for the year with a torn ACL. Um, I like Washington in this game. It's going to be sloppy. It's going to be ugly. And Washington is going to get it done by like one. All right, moving on to the true Monday Night Football matchup. A game that all Vikings fans should keep their eyes on. It's the 8-3 Buffalo Bills traveling to the 5-6 San Francisco 49ers. This line right now is even. Pick them. <sighs> Give me Buffalo on the road. I think I like Buffalo. Um, it doesn't make me feel good because I do think that the Niners are really well coached. Like, just so exciting. I love Shanahan. He's an incredible coach. They have everyone out with injuries, and it just doesn't even matter. Um, I just think that Buffalo is better. And when it comes down to it, um, Mullins is still the quarterback of the Niners. I think that Buffalo wins a good game here. And it's actually a game I'm probably the most interested in this week. Yep. And moving on to a new tradition. Mm-hmm. We got Tuesday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the 3-8 and eight Dallas Cowboys yeah. <clears throat> traveling to the 6-5 and five Baltimore Ravens. This game is also listed at even. This is a desperation mode game here. Um, for both teams. For both teams. I think that I like the Ravens here. They're a much better football team. <sighs> Dallas is just awful, and they kick the crap both out of us. Both teams kind of suck right now. Fuck it. I'm taking Dallas on the road. Fuck Woo! it. I'm here for hot takes. All right, last one. Uh, Vikings at home against the Jags. What's the line at? Vikings favored at home by 10 points. This is a noon football game. The one thing I'll say about to the Minnesota Vikings, this team plays to their competition no matter what. <laughs> so if the Vikings are at Seattle, it's going to be a fucking ball game. If we're at Green Bay, it's going to be a ball game. If it's the Dallas Cowboys at home, it's a fucking ball game. It doesn't matter. The Vikings will play to the competition. This is an ugly game. Vikings get the win. Vikings don't cover. I think I agree. I think I'm going to go with the Vikings to win, not cover. It will be enough to get them in the seventh spot temporarily of the playoffs with a big game looming against Tampa Bay and the, yep. the flailing and faltering Bucks. We should have been there. Should have been there. We should have fucking been there. Should have been there. Should have been there. COVID has taken so much, guys. It almost took my life. Now it's taking my trip to Tampa Bay. <sighs> all right, guys. It is what it is. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. Hopefully, you guys have some purple pride this weekend. Um, go back, check out our other podcasts from earlier this week, and we will be back with you guys on Monday with another sportscast. Take it easy, guys. Skull like.